Welcome to the Put a Smile on Your Future podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And we're on a mission to find out why studying dentistry, dental hygiene and therapy and becoming a healthcare professional is an amazing and worthwhile career choice. In this episode, we will be talking to Rhiannon Jones about her interesting career in dental hygiene and therapy. She will also be providing some top tips about studying therapy and hygiene and will learn how she's put a smile on her future and others. My name's Rhiannon Jones. I'm a lecturer in dental hygiene and therapy at Cardiff University, and I'm also a project lead and deputy program lead at the moment. Great. Why did you decide to pursue a career in dental hygiene and therapy? Okay, I have to go a long way back in my memory to remind myself why. Uh, but actually, for me, it was a Saturday job. I was helping out at a friend's practice. And within the first few weeks of working in a dental setting, I realized that that was definitely for me. Um, and then, of course, the more you learn, the more you want to learn. And it's just progressed from there. So I've never, never found it boring at all. Can you tell me a little bit more about your career journey? Of course, yeah. So I actually trained as a dental nurse for one year because I felt that it would give me quite a bit of experience. Obviously, I know things are slightly different now. I'm talking about the 1990s, but um, I did feel that that would give me a better grounding and an understanding of the field I wanted to go into before I applied to do dental hygiene initially. I was accepted on the course at Cardiff, which at the time was a two-year full-time course to become a, a hygienist. And I went down out into practice I've worked in various different settings in um, private practices, NHS practices, and then took a job in an NHS hospital, an actual a general hospital where they wanted a dental hygienist to help surgical patients. Fascinating job. And but then that sort of made me realise that perhaps therapy was where I needed to go as well, because there was a great need for it with our cohort of patients. So I then applied and that was a two year course for therapy for people who were already hygienists. Um, and that was in 2013. So I feel I've I've done the old student way of books in libraries and no computers. And I've also been a student um, uh, in the sort of more modern times where everything's on Blackboard and a bit more online. And then you decided to um, come into the university to teach? I did. Yeah, I felt I needed to get a few years under my belt of experience. Um, but for me, I think teaching was more the, the impact that I was able to have in practice was was great for the patients I was looking after and and maybe mentoring some of the junior staff coming through being able to give them the enthusiasm for prevention but actually you're not impacting as many people as you can when you teach and that if you teach every single student that comes through the school that same sort of ethos they go out there as sort of a, an army almost of preventers. And <laughs> um, what do you enjoy most about teaching? I enjoy most aspects of teaching, actually, from the sort of very basic level of sort of um, building it up and deciding what what's necessary for them, what learning outcomes are important. But probably the most enjoyable thing is toward the end of the course, when you actually see how someone has developed over the two or three years that they've been here, um, particularly those that perhaps had lacked confidence at the beginning that they could ever achieve that and seeing them as really confident clinicians going out into practice. And I tend to keep in touch with all of my graduates as well so I'm, I feel like I write a reference a week when they're moving jobs and it, but it's nice to keep in touch with them and see them building a life for themselves off the back of what we've been able to give them yeah that's great 
What do you think the students find most challenging about the course? Honestly, probably organisation. I think it's it's very different to school. So for some of our students coming in, they've come from A-levels and I think schools are very more, uh, very much set up in that it runs the same way every year. They don't make huge changes. I think unfortunately due to the pandemic, very big changes have, have come in um, and we've had to adapt to that. So I think I do feel that students struggle a little bit with the organisation because there's so many different places that you have to look for things but we are aware of that and I'm a big fan of making instructional videos so I quite like saying you know before you go on to Learning Central watch this 20 minute video where I have gone on there and sort of navigated around and then what we tend to do is then run a Q&A session a live session maybe a week later when you've had a chance to play with it so we can just iron out any creases and, and help people but yeah pro probably organisation <laughs> you have to be incredibly organised and have a very good diary. <laughs> Um, and what makes an excellent dental hygiene and therapy student? A passion, absolutely. Um, a passion for what they've learned and how they can have that positive impact on patients. We're in a position, I think, where we deal with a lot of disease, but it's a disease you can actually show a patient. Uh, you, all you need is a mirror um, and that patient there and you can show them what the problem is and you can explain it to them in a way that they'll understand and also that the sort of we're, we're very motivational, I would hope as well, in that we can make them feel that they can achieve this with fairly simple um, amendments and adjustments to what they're already doing. So it's, it's all about prevention. I know we teach people how to use certain instruments, how to do restorations, but our goal should be preventing the people having that disease in the first place. Great. And what type of careers are available in dental hygiene and therapy? probably more than most people think. So you've got your obvious ones that you qualify, you go out into practice, you've got different types of practice. They might be NHS, they may be private, they may be a mixture of both. They're probably the most common settings that most hygienists will and therapists will work in. You've then got community and hospital-based um, settings as well. Uh, occasionally those will require going working on wards like I do, working um, with theatre staff, it could be that with community, you're going into people's homes, you're going into nursing homes um, and care homes. So what we call them domiciliary visits where you're visiting people. I also think there's a, a, an expanding area of research for hygienists and therapists. Certainly the Society for Hygiene and Therapy is very keen to get more and more hygienists and therapists doing research. And in fact, some of our colleagues here have had full time research posts at some point to be non-clinical uh, as, as a hygienist or therapist. Do you think the role of dental hygienists and therapists has changed much over the years? Yes and no. I think uh, uh, no, because it's always been about prevention and that hasn't changed. What has changed is um, how we are seen perhaps by the, the sort of the dental community that people have started to realise that prevention is the most important thing and that we have a huge role in that. Um, I think as a profession we definitely think you only do what only you can do so if you if you can allow someone else in the team to do it then you should and that you can spend your time with your expertise and your level of understanding and and skills uh, and I think that's certainly the skill mix has improved massively um, I, I would say my first few jobs possibly if, if they could build a machine that could clean people's teeth, you know, like an MRI machine where you just slide someone in and when they come out, the teeth are clean. 
they, they probably would have been bought one of those machines instead of employed a hygienist. I don't feel that anymore. I feel that they really value what we can give the patients. And perhaps with COVID, stopping people from being able to access their normal dental care, that, that's really improved that level of understanding of how important we are in, in the team. Yeah, that kind of leads us nicely onto the next question, actually. So what measures have you had to put in place due to COVID and what do you think the long lasting impact of these measures will have on the profession? That's a really good question. We've we've got we had in a very short amount of time had to really rethink what we do because dentistry was considered a high risk profession due to something called AGP, so aerosol generating procedures. Um, so a lot of what we do creates an aerosol out of the mouth as we're working. We already wore personal protective equipment, but it would not have been sufficient to protect us against something like uh, COVID. So it was a really sort of set of rapid reviews of, of sort of what we could do. I think initially it was protection. So it was about making sure that there was personal protective equipment and other equipment around us that filters the air and, and keeping windows open, screening the patients before they come in, all of that's normal. But actually what what we also did is flip the appointments a little bit. So we're historically, maybe they came in, they got in a chair, we looked in their mouth straight away, we did the treatment. Then we talked to them about their oral health and, and maybe amend any toothbrushing techniques afterwards. It's really difficult to do when you've still got all of that gear on, whether it's a hood or a really thick mask. So actually we flipped our appointments a bit more and the emphasis was certainly on, do you know what? You can do a lot of this yourself at home. It doesn't require us to, to get our machines out always to be able to fix this. So it sort of, it helped us in a strange way to put prevention at the forefront again. Yeah. And it kind of adds to the next question as well. So what changes do you anticipate to the profession in the next 10 years? I remember being asked this at interview when I first came to do hygiene over 20 odd years ago. It's a really difficult one to look into that crystal ball, isn't it? And see um, as somebody who has a seat at a table that we you know where we can enact change. I'm really pleased to see that the people in charge, the people who give funding to our courses are really forward thinking, really keen on um, interprofessional education. I think that's something that perhaps wasn't dealt with as much before. Um, and the World Health Organization definition of that is is looking at different professions and how we should be working together. So part of our course we do with pharmacy. So we have to obviously match the, the right year groups, but it's really important that pharmacists understand what we're saying to patients about products, particularly oral health products, but also we understand what pharmacists are saying, what's available, what they're recommending. So it's really important that we work together. I think that's probably going to be one of the bigger changes and workforce planning. Um, there is no sign that we will ever not need hygienists and therapists. It's only going the other way. We're increasing the numbers that we take on year on year because there's definitely a need and there's a 100% employment rate at the end of this course as well currently. Yeah, that's great. I'm just going to add another question here. So would you be able to describe sort of a typical day or the typical things a dental hygienist and therapist would do day to day? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I have typical days <laughs> anymore, but I do remember them. Um, 
it's I, I was very lucky most of my career I worked with a dental nurse which meant that when I walked into surgery in the morning a lot was already set up um, the notes were already there any radiographs that I might need any equipment I might need were there that's not always the case some people work without a nurse in which case you probably go in a little bit earlier to set it up yourself um, read a few messages often you don't work in one practice the whole week that's quite standard for hygiene and therapy so if you work there on a Monday but you won't work there again until the next Monday it might be a case of having a little notebook or reading a few emails just to bring yourself up to speed and then you'll have your day book so it's quickly sort of looking through it and seeing what cases you've got in being really well prepared for it as I say having any radiographs up that you might need uh, teamwork is the best way to go if you can have a nurse or someone on reception that can look after you like that but it is very busy it's usually one appointment after the other after the other until lunchtime um, but actually so so rewarding if you've written your notes really well and you remember that patient from last time you bring them in you do a plaque score so you disclose their teeth and see how if there are any areas that are missing and when you see a huge improvement and their gums perhaps were bleeding and now they're not, as I said before, it's something really visual and it, that, that's very satisfying. It's, there's not many jobs where in 20 minutes you can make such a visible impact that hopefully you get this across to the patient, but you know it's had a really good impact on their general health, not just their oral health. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Um, so what advice would you give to any prospective hygiene and therapy students looking to study with us? Um, probably the advice now is a bit different to what it would have been because I would normally say go out and try and get some work experience and we all appreciate how difficult that is and if you apply for hygiene and therapy that's understood you know that you know maybe before we would have looked for people who'd had some um, opportunities to go in and watch in a practice we know that that isn't possible so we, we accept that at the minute it certainly is worth communicating with dentists hygienists and therapists so go on the internet look at different societies um, going on the contact page and, and getting in touch with some of them and asking you know you you understand it's difficult but could they put you in contact with someone who could talk you through it call your own dental practice you know I, I remember being in practice and probably once a month having an A-level student come it's pre-COVID but having an A-level student come in and sit with me for the afternoon and you know just to see don't don't apply for something if you've never actually gone to see whether you'd like it or not it's it's it isn't for everyone um but if you've had the work experience, you've had the opportunity to talk to people, you will definitely know and be confident that it's the career for you. Yeah, that's really great. So finally, in what way do you think a career in dentistry has put a smile on your future? Um, I feel I have a very sustainable career, that's for certain. I've never felt that my career is at risk in any way. That unfortunately, there is an awful lot of dental disease out there. So I don't feel that I'm ever going to... Um, finish my job as it were or get on top of it all but it's that nice way of sort of going through a case improving that person having them have a better understanding get them stable they can move on to regular care and then you're getting the next new patient in and reassessing it's a little bit like being Sherlock Holmes as well it's not quite black and white you having to look at ask all these specific questions and look at all these different aspects of a person's life it's very holistic now it's not just looking at the mouth it's putting the mouth back in the rest of the body um, and using your detective skills really to see how you can help them a big thank you to our guests we found that so helpful and hope you did too if you need to find more information on the topics raised today 
you can visit our website at www.cardiff.ac.uk forward slash dentistry.